What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, April 24, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show, interviews from Earth One. My guest today is Scott Dworkin, one of the go-to voices covering the Trump crisis and the ongoing Russiagate story. Scott's the co-founder of the Democratic Coalition, home of the Trump Leaks research team, and the effort to convince Republicans to support the impeachment of Donald Trump. Links in the description below. If you like what you hear today, please support this podcast by subscribing at bobseskashow.com. By the way, we started a conversation today with a personal aspect of Scott's life, but at his request, I trimmed it out of the show because, yeah, Scott's been on the receiving end of death threats due to his activism. So bear that in mind as we talk with the great Scott Dworkin. Do you get a lot of threats? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we... Especially after yesterday, when we started our, our Republicans for impeachment campaign. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, specifically after um, March of 2017, when the Russian embassy in the UK mm. tweeted out, uh, here's to uh, people like uh, Funder, as in my handle wow. on Twitter, um, for, for calling, keep calling uh, Trump Putin's puppet something along those lines. So that, that, that really, you know, that provoked some trolling yeah. at a massive level. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It's part of the, part of the job nowadays. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that like to issue threats and, you know, there's a lot of different things that we have to do uh, to make sure that, you know, everything is kind of secure, but, Luckily, a lot of the stuff that we do is in real time. So mm. even if someone were to like hack me nowadays, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to find much, yeah. you know, that they, and, but yeah, they, I, we've had to do a lot of, a lot of security measures, um, in regards to everything like top to bottom. There's, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of events I've had to not go to mm-hmm. because, uh, uh, they had assessed it to be a risk and there's, um, different, uh, family events and things like that where, um, you know, I laid low basically. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not really on invitations anymore. Like a lot of people always wanted to be like, Oh, 
you know, be on my host committee or whatever for this event. Um, so I don't do that anymore because I don't want to draw attention because what will happen is even if it draws people in, uh, it backfires because there's always somebody who's a little Looney Tunes. And um, so it, we're just careful. And it's just yeah. a different, you know, it's a different world now. But I can definitely tell you it is timed with his attacks. Like yeah. it's definitely whenever he comes out and attacks media in general or the Russian narrative or, you know, so it's basically every day. So, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's funny because um, since the bar memo, since March 24th, I have been receiving almost every day one of those spear phishing emails where it's the it's the Bitcoin one. It's the one that says we've infiltrated your email. We've infiltrated your computer. We're going to turn on your webcam and then we're going to. Ex- and, and if you don't pay us this Bitcoin uh, amount and they give the Bitcoin number. It says that we're going to show the world what you've been surfing on Pornhub or whatever. That's like that's basically like the the threat. And so of course it's bogus, and of course it's a obvious uh, attack trying to get information rather right. than actually having attained information. Yeah, I mean, the, really, when when I first dug in, um, you know, I guess the anti-Trump movement when we started pushing in, I guess it was April of 2016. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, there wasn't, there wasn't much in regards to like a a lot of pushback because it it wasn't a big movement. Um, so, you know, people didn't think he could win and then he started gaining steam and so did we. Yeah. Um, and, and I think over, over time, uh, it's, it's, you know, as we've gotten larger and a louder voice, um, it's, it's gotten much worse. Uh, but, but, you know, when, one of the reasons we started, uh, overall is because Hillary was getting threatened and we, um, we did not, we did not think that it was, well, first of all, it wasn't right. A lot of those, uh, threats were illegal. Um, and you know, nobody was doing anything in regard, we couldn't figure out a way to push back against those threats. And so we finally, there was this guy, uh, I think his name is Michael Folk, and he's a delegate that's in a state rep in West Virginia. Uh, and he also is a, um, a pilot for a commercial airline. And yep. so we, we came up with a strategy of, okay, he said that Hillary should be hung on the mall. And we're like, okay, that's, that's like really descriptive. Like maybe we'll file simple like report like we'll report him to the secret service yeah and so we did we did that and then we announced the fact like we were like let's do a press release and see if anybody cares right uh, and that got coverage locally and nationally and we were like oh we got something here and it it, it got him suspended from his job mm-hmm. uh, there was an investigation done because of it and i believe he was censured in the west virginia house um so i mean like Right then, you know, it started off with threats. Uh, it wasn't yeah. against us, but and then it then it eventually, you know, came into different threats. Whether it's you know attacks, uh, hit pieces, or something like that that are linked to Heritage Foundation and uh, obviously Breitbart and, and others. Um, you know, they try and paint that cloud of like murkiness to try and make it so that you're a a doubted person or yeah. like somebody 
should not take you as, as credible. They try to assault every part of your character and career. So you really have to have, you really have to have, first of all, you can't be bought. Like that's one of the most important things, which I've gotten job offers, which were inappropriate that were linked to Trump. Uh, and I mean, a ridiculous upfront marketing consultant jobs. Yeah. And it's like absurd. What, what, and, wait a minute. Uh, I mean, how how do you say how are they attached to Trump? These are like uh, trolls or something offering you jobs that are bogus or what do you say? No, 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 no. There were there were financial firms that offer me jobs. Uh, and it was the, the same kind of job where it'd be marketing consultants or like marketing strategist. Yeah. And I was like, well, what's the actual role? Mm. I mean, and there's there's some of them that offered hundreds of thousands of dollars up front for a signing bonus. And then guess what's in the paperwork? You cannot use social media unless pre-approved. Oh, gotcha. And, yeah. Uh-huh. You so know, I, I figure, figure it's an attempt to the muzzle. But yeah, all the threats, you know, it, it, it sucks, but it's part of, it is what it is. Like, you know, we deal with it. Yep. Um, I pass it off and, and then uh, the uh, appropriate authorities deal with, you know, whoever um, decided to make that threat. Is that an effective process? Is, I mean, is the system set up uh, well enough to be able to handle the digital world now and the threats that are involved? Because it seems like with more and more people having just direct visibility, direct connections, whether it's celebrities or, or, or those of us who have a reasonable following on Twitter and so on, it seems like the system isn't necessarily lined up to be able to deal with what is very clearly, um, you know, an epidemic of people getting harassed and threatened online. Certainly the social media platforms aren't equipped to handle it. In your experience, has the system been able to help you out along these lines? I mean, given the volume of threats that you receive? Yeah, and we've been meeting with social media companies to work on a lot of different things with them, mm-hmm. um, including if they like suspend a progressive account or, you know, something along those lines. So we met with Facebook uh, recently and, um, you know, about taking down progressive groups and, yeah. um, you know, banning some or, or taking down their pages. It's uh, it's been a, a obviously a, a big problem in the past. They have gotten especially Twitter has gotten much better, more responsive. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of, I guess, uh, fake accounts that'll go up and they'll take my picture and then they'll act like they're me, but what they'll do is they won't post anything. They'll just start DMing people <laughs> and act like it's me. And people, there have been people who have blocked me that were friends because they thought that I told them to F off. Oh, God. Um, so, I mean, there's different kinds of <laughs> harassment and things like that. But I, I'd say Twitter, like recently, they've been phenomenal. Like, it, I, no joke in regards to this specific issue. <laughs> yep. uh, they've, been, they've been great at handling any threats. They also make it very easy now. Like when you submit a report of a death threat, they give you a form that can it is emailed to yourself that you can print out or you can email to the authorities. Uh, makes it easier. So it's all kind of laid out. Um, so you don't have to worry about some of the other steps. Yeah. And so that's been helpful. But that's only when it's like very explicit, very real, and it's a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when that's when we, uh, you know, if it's a, if it's just like a bot or some random person and it's not very explicit, if they're, they're like, I'm going to hold you accountable, like <laughs> that's not something. But if they say they're going to chop my head off and put it in my front yard, yeah, 
um, you know, that's, that's, that's explicit. And that is one that I've got, you know, it's, um, it's, yeah, am- I mean, it's amazing how tenacious some of these people are. I mean, I, I did a cartoon in the year 2000. I did a cartoon 19 years ago and I swear to God, I still get hate mail because of that cartoon 19 years later. And I'm not making right. that up. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> it's a, it's just the, the tenacity is really, really impressive if you think about it. That's a wow. weird way to look at it, but it really is. And in the meantime, uh, you know, you were mentioning Facebook, and it seems to me as if Facebook and the hatred of Facebook is the last thing that I think both sides can kind of agree on, right? Like the uh, conservatives and the Trumpers, they're really pissed off about Facebook. And we're all on the left pissed off about Facebook uh, because of everything that's been going on. Um, Did you actually uh, know anyone who got caught up in that uh, purge last fall uh, where, I don't know, it was a couple hundred, maybe a few hundred uh, liberal pages got taken down? Um, I know Matt Taibbi wrote something about it in Rolling Stone uh, back mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, Taibbi's uh, integrity notwithstanding, uh, he did uh, cover it extensively, and there were a few articles along those lines. Do you know anyone who got uh, swept up in that? Yeah, I mean, th- that those are specifically who we got together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Renato Mariotti, oh, yeah. he attended the meeting. Um, he's, he's a lawyer, so he's helpful to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we had some people from uh, that are Hill advisors and mm-hmm. You know, it was a very serious meeting about specifically about I think Reverb Press was there as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Story. Um, So, I mean, they were all talking about how there were different pages that were taken down. And what we came up with um, with Facebook was a more streamlined process. Now, we had a we've had a post that we put up and uh, it was flagged for hate um, postings or something like that. (laughs) Um, and, and so we, we, we got basically blocked. Our, our reach went down to a, I mean, like, I I think it went down by like one, one hundredth or something like that. It was Mm. crazy. It dropped, um, like not, we didn't even exist at that point. So we, it, it was a great opportunity. That was right after we met too. Um, and it was not hate mail. It was something that the, a link was posted on other, um, it's still on Facebook and it was John Pavlovich. It was about how like, um, some, it was about white people too. It was, it was the funny kind of content anyways. So they flagged it (laughs) and there wasn't really an appeal process and we didn't really know what was going on. We didn't even know that we were, we were just like, is our page broken? Like, you know, and we had just met with them. And now that I'm thinking of the timing, that is, um, questionable. Uh, so I, 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 I would say, it, uh, but we worked through it directly with Facebook, and we did come up with uh, not only a process uh, where we can move forward for other groups, um, but also a contact. And those are the two main things that you know we we need is that kind of pipeline so that we can have some kind of sense of order around you know why are you taking this page down? What's the appeals process like? What is the warning system, you know, how do we know what the, what is at what level? Like, mm-hmm. you know, wh- what can we do to, to uh, make it so that we don't get taken down? Like, what are the rules? Yeah. And uh, they really didn't, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz it's been, you know, somebody's behind there and they're like, I'll take this down. And then, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, 
kind of random it seems and mm-hmm. and so it but they uh we worked it out and they had uh, fully restored our page via this process and it was it turned out to be um you know successful recovery yeah. um so th- at least at least we had you know we've we, we've had success and that's recent that's like a month ago i think hmm. wow. um or a month or two ago i can't remember everything's running together now with the Mueller report release <laughs> yes, and as always yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's a, but just... it was successful and so i'm i'm very i'm happy finally with at least having the contact um and and also doing a follow-up meeting soon uh so they're they're trying and that's uh, what matters to me. Yeah. And I, obviously things move slowly because they want to be super careful. Um, a lot of people are angry and, uh, you know, I, I, they're careful of what they pledge and what they can move forward with. Um, but they are, they're doing something. And yeah. so we are, we're, we're trying to make sure that that it, it, it doesn't happen again. And so we are working on it. And now we'll say, that um, we we're in talks with a conservative who's like the same kind of person like me uh, in doing a joint sort of press release. And we also are, um, I, I believe there's going to be hearings about regulating social media networks or something, breaking them up. I can't, can't remember exactly what they yeah. described it as, but um, which, which yeah, actually Trump, is, Trump was talking about. Agree on. Yeah, Trump was talking about that yesterday with regard to Twitter, wasn't he? Uh, he was saying that uh, yeah. Twitter. He was threatening Twitter with regulation, and I guess this was before mm-hmm. his meeting with Jack. But I mean, th- the strange thing to me is that it's not okay to regulate um, mining companies that dump poison into our rivers and streams, but it is okay to regulate Twitter because Donald Trump doesn't understand algorithms. That's a weird. <laughs> A uh, bit of policy jujitsu there by <laughs> Donald Trump, I think. But I mean, I th- the question I want to ask is, um, in your communication with social media, and especially Facebook, in this meeting that you had with Renato and some of the others, um, do you get the sense that Facebook is equipped to prevent another Russian attack, which is surely going to at least be attempted in 2020, or if not uh, already started? Uh, have they given you any indication whatsoever whether or not they're going to be... Uh, doing anything deploying any new systems to weed out the russians they say it's a priority i don't know what they're doing about it um you know i know just the public knowledge stuff but it it has been an issue that we addressed um but it's not you know overall and all social media networks um i think are not doing their their part yeah um and and a lot of that has to do with them needing users and users being the number of users, obviously gauging how much money uh, they bring in a lot of times. So it, it, you know, I think the quality of the user and um, there's a couple different things that they can do. One is they can have a verification process uh, for people, which is multi-leveled. So there's people who are public personalities who have the blue check mark, and then they can probably have like a gray check mark for people who submit their driver's licenses or, you know, a bill or something that proves, proves that they're a real person. Yeah. Um, and then they get a check or, you know, a different color check. Um, that way, you know, you're communicating with a person, even if it's an alias, um, you know, that it's a, a real human being. And it, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, oh wait, actually they may not let, let 
alias is used for the gray check mark. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a couple different things that I think will be revealed before the election to help uh, people understand. But I think the most important part of this whole thing is people realizing that everything that happens online, for the most part, affects you in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects the way you think. It affects the way you vote. Um, and it affects, you know, how you how you perceive our country overall. Yeah. Um, and it not only, you know, there's not going to be much, I, I don't think, unless, you know, the United States government steps in and takes a leading role like they should be, which they're not, um, in fighting uh, the Russians, then, you know, we're, we're in big trouble. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because the second they can turn off power, um, second they do it, you know, People yeah. are going to go crazy, and that's mm-hmm. that's what we got. You know, there's a but, and that links back to the internet and different attacks. But I would say, man, it's uh, it's it's no. <laughs> the answer is no. None of the social networks are doing what they should be um, yet. And but I but I think that there's a lot of ideas floating around mm-hmm. of what they could do. Uh, the best news is is uh, Americans realize now. Um, that not everything online is is real. Not <laughs> right. everything, you know. what I mean, like yeah. they're not going to take every single person. Um, and and I uh, think the Mueller report helped with that. I mean, do you really think that people are up to speed with uh, the dangers of social media along those lines? The the ability are are people equipped with the ability to be able to weed out the fake news and the Russian memes and all of that crap uh, on their own? I mean, without sort of Facebook or Twitter doing their jobs, um, because I, I get the sense, especially reading through uh, volume one of the Mueller report. The subtext in all of this is that none of this would have worked the way it worked, especially with the IRA's efforts on social media, had it not been for millions of Americans playing along, whether wittingly or unwittingly, and spreading all that crap around throughout the 2016 process. And my fear is that that the Russians are going to come up with more and more sophisticated processes. I know like Andrea Chalupa was talking about AI being involved at some point in the very, very mm-hmm. near future uh, with regard to Russia. I mean, uh, are people going to be able to keep up with the increased sophistication of these cyber attacks? No. Uh, and I mean, they're <laughs> going to, no, <laughs> you know, I, I think when it, like they're going to be able to, they, they can do it now actually um, where they can make a video with audio Mm. Um, and it, it, I guess it looks like the person, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it can actually, it's a fake video. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tr- so, true fakes. Is it called like true fakes where they're able to right. do like a face uh, manipulation where they're able yeah. to swap someone's face onto someone else's body and then, yes. yeah, that's horrifying. Yeah, and I mean that's, and so you have that and then you come up with a fake news site, like a website or whatever you put some money behind it and you register that in the United States with, you know, American actors. And, you know, it, that, that's how, how simple it can be. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, so it just takes, you know, money um, for people to be able to infiltrate probably pretty much anything. And that's, you know, that's uh, where the duty lies, I guess, is on the person of, behind the computer. And we, yeah. we can't depend on, on the social media networks to keep up to date. Cause it, again, they have the balance of money and users and 
and everything. And so we have to look out for our best interest. Maybe, you know, they could do a better job of, of us being able to filter our information or mm-hmm. also, again, not, not to keep keeping an eye on trends. Like I keep an eye on trends all day where, um, you know, it's like, uh, if something gets a certain amount of retweets under a certain hashtag, I get notified about it. Um, and, and I think they should be able to do the same thing where they actually track and see if some garbage coming out. They should have the responsibility of, um, you know, legally, I think uh, they should have the responsibility of taking it down or um, alerting people, uh, you know, below it. Like this is, <laughs> this is not, this is parody or this is, Yep. satire or or whatever um you know i'm not saying that the muzzle users because there's going to be real people sending out you know kooky stuff yeah. uh that that is just that's real like it's really you know um but but it, i i just you know it's such a it's such a hard line because it's like freedom of speech versus our safety um and a threat to you know our national security um but yeah no one is doing enough. The only, the only people who are doing anything seems to be at least Democrats in trying to at least get, get as much information out there about what happened so that we can try and prevent it from happening again. But again, you know, the developments in technology and, and what they're doing and how they've manipulated it. We don't know if some, uh, I mean, I know that they've infiltrated the resistance with a lot of these FBR accounts um, a lot of those are real, obviously, um, but there are some that have not been, yeah. um, you know, so uh, there's, there's going to be attempts. We just need to be, we need to be policing, you know, uh, the social networks ourselves, and then draw attention to things that are, are false yeah. in, in narrative. And I think we've become really probably the best in the world, Americans at, at figuring that out. But also people love I guess they think of it as like wrestling, like people, people <laughs> love the controversy sometimes and yeah. like controversial tweets. I mean, so it's, it's again, a balance of like entertainment versus reality and politics and, you know, real news versus fake news. Uh, but there's, they, they can do better. That's for sure. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so, so can we. Right. And, you know, it's it's interesting you say that because um, it, it seems to me as if the uh, the Trump supporters, by and large, uh, are the consequence of uh, what amounts to, I think, a mass delusion. I, I think what we're seeing here are, you know, it's a it's a political movement based around nonsense and gibberish that uh, I mean, more specifically, propaganda uh, orchestrated by Fox News Channel, orchestrated by hostile foreign governments and, and pumped into the American bloodstream. And, and the thing that um, makes it so viable is it's also combined with this notion in this country that politics is like sports. I mean, we see it. All the time, whether it's on the Sunday shows or on the cable news shows, all these sports metaphors to the point where I think a lot of Americans um, believe that politics is this consequence free Sunday tournament that they just watch or like a, a like a WWE match or something like that, where you watch the both sides and we we were supporting this side and we're against that side no matter what happens, because this is our team and that's their team. And uh and so what happens is, is the consequences of politics aren't taken seriously anymore. They're not respected anymore. And I don't think it's even respected by 
the president of the United States anymore. I think Donald Trump is someone who does not respect the real world implications of the decisions that he makes, where everything is about the shovel fight rather than, oh, we're going to create this policy and that's going to benefit certain Americans. Now, there's this attitude among a significant, I would say up to 62 million American voters believe that this is now all about sticking it to the other side. We're going to throw this monkey with a machine gun into the works and just to piss off those people, not even realizing all of the negative ramifications all the way down from health care to even the even health care for coal miners, for God's sake. It seems like a, a really long way to go and a really stupid and naive process that has been only amplified by the use of social media and a lot of the fake news and propaganda that's been on social media. I mean, is that is that kind of your takeaway? How do you peg this red hat movement that uh, that follows Donald Trump and, and supports him no matter what the hell happens? I think some of the support that he claims to have does not exist. Mm-hmm. But but there's obviously a, a large amount of people who still still support him. Um, I, I don't. What I've seen is that a lot of people who are um, involved with it uh, don't have, I guess, uh, what's the best way to say this? Uh, I, I would say that they don't, they're less educated. Um, <laughs> yeah. They are overworked a lot of times. Yeah. And so they're not paying attention to much else, if anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my one of my best friend's moms uh, said uh, she's a big fan of Hannity and every all all that nonsense um she's like are you are you nervous about you know everything and i'm like well you know i think it worked out well and she's like no like aren't you going to probably face indictment for carrying that fake russia story and i just kind of looked at her i was like what are you talking about what (laughs) she she said oh well you talked about that russian collusion aren't you going to get in trouble for that and i was like no no first of all I talked about the Trump-Russian ties. I talked about all of his business ties for the last, you know, two and a half, three years. And and so there's nothing there that's, like, a lie. Like, you can't lie about this photo of him in Qatar or, like, you yeah. know, in Saudi Arabia or doing business in, in Russia. Like, you can't – it's Don Jr.'s words in this video that we found, da-da-da-da. Um, so it was just kind of – it kind of shocked me that – Somebody was so gullible uh, and willing to be, and, and, and at the same time, she was not willing to be bent the other way, even with explaining everything, proof in front of her. Um, and this is what a cult is. Yeah, I've seen cult members before, and that's it's the blind stare. They're not even listening, and that's that's a big problem because. Uh, but but I will say that it, it, when people exit, there's this look of shame mm-hmm. you know, on their face, and I try to embrace them as like, listen, what's done is done. Yeah. Welcome, mm-hmm. you know. If they're genuine about it, some people are fakers and try to act like they switch just to uh, get more retweets. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, it's it's definitely there's a lot there's a lot of it. It's like the reality they want. Mm-hmm. It's not the reality that's real. And and so they 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 I I guess they have their own contrived reality like where they come up with this uh, they watch what they want on their angle they listen to what they want on their angle and they live in that 
and they don't accept anything else. Yeah. And that is dangerous. That's dangerous as heck. Let me ask you this, and this is an odd question, and I, I'm I'm kind of playing devil's advocate when I ask this question. You know, I have a, a, a an observation, sort of a maxim about following the uh, all of Trump's bullshit, and uh, and that maxim is Trump always makes things worse for Trump. No matter what he does, no matter what he says, no matter what he decides, ultimately it's going to manifest bad news for Donald Trump, uh, some sort of negative repercussion. Uh, but at the same time. Uh, do you see the events of the last few weeks um, having played out? I mean, the the obvious details of the Mueller report aside, the political strategy by the president, have you seen that playing out to his benefit? I mean, was he able to, by uh, hiring uh, William Barr, in you know maybe what was it 40 40 days ago william barr was confirmed it was a little more than that but just roughly 40 50 days ago william barr was confirmed right before Mueller gets ready to drop the report and then barr comes out and does this whole uh smoke and mirrors job with the memo and the uh a press conference and so on preempting the actual details of the report was this something that Trump came up with, wheeled it out, and it seemed to have at least given the impression to some of the people in, for example, cable cable news media to, uh, oh, I guess this is kind of over now, isn't it? Or, oh, isn't there going to be a reckoning now because all these people were wrong? And they actually were able to run with that for a couple of weeks. So I guess my question is ultimately, was this Trump kind of playing it the right way for his own obvious uh, and nefarious benefit? Absolutely. And it was the it was it will be to his eventual detriment, I would assume, because, you know, I think the press conference backfired. He, He even I think he took the fourth question. And it was about, do you, do you think it's bad that you're like co-towing to the president or what? I, I can't remember what the question was, but it was like acting like you're acting like you're Trump's attorney. Do you think that's appropriate? And he was like, I'm done here. And he left. And I was like, OK, well, that was sad and pathetic. <laughs> um, so I, I don't I don't think that uh, I think long term mm-hmm. it's a terrible like it's going to bite them in, in the butt. But I, I think in the short term, it. It helped. It helped kind of pour some water on the Mueller report. Yeah, and uh, you know that combined with it being dropped over a holiday weekend, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I mean every part of it was just a propaganda campaign trying to divert your attention from it. Combined with, oh, this, this whole thing is garbage, uh, and, and you know, I, I just it's they're playing with fire because you know. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make Speaker Pelosi angry, and I would believe <laughs> that this is this would be one of those things that makes her angry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a very dangerous game. So I, I I will say that obviously the truth will come out, and whether they like it or not, yeah. Democrats are investigating and going to hold hearings, whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. They will hold people in contempt. Um, and they'll find out different ways to do it so they don't have to go to court for years. Uh, they'll, they'll figure out a way. Um, and, and, you know, they have the, the problem is the, the other side is willing to break the law. Yeah. And they have the law on their side. So, you know, what do you do? What do you do when that happens? I mean, a DOJ official refused to testify. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, OK, well, you've been subpoenaed, dude. Like, what are you what are you talking about? Like you're in your DOJ. Like what? <laughs> like that's like 
it's just mind boggling. And the AG to go out there like that, um, you know, it makes you miss Jeff Sessions. And it's, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know what I mean? <laughs> who, who I think saved, I mean, if you think about it, he never, I think he knew that he was kind of set up by Trump or Russians trying to link him because he only had a few meetings with the ambassador and it was basically about nothing. Yeah. According and to I think report, he realized he's like, I think he cornered me because think about who hired Mueller. It mm. was like, I think it was a combination of sessions and Rosenstein, but like, you know, a bunch of Republicans. It's not, it, 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 and Mueller's a Republican. Mm. Everybody else, uh, for, for the most part, not on the investigations team, but like a lot of FBI agents are Republicans. Uh, Comey, Republican. Yeah, it, at it, least it, half, it, at least half of the 18 quote unquote conflicted Democrats or whatever the hell Trump calls, <laughs> at least half of them are Republicans. I think uh, a majority of them are Republicans, in fact. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and there's like three that donated like small amounts to Hillary and other campaigns. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, like I think the sensationalism and and everything that everything that he does, he tries to go to the max. So we try to push back to the max as, as much as possible. I think what, what backfired here is it brought more attention to the report, but again, he wanted to do that to try and muddy the waters with the report. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like they're playing really, really tight games. And I used to think they were, you know, brilliant PR people that they were, they had a plan and what's terrifying, what's truly terrifying is they don't No, And they don't. that was, that to me was shocking. I was like, Oh my, like, Oh, oh my God. Like these, <laughs> these people are monsters. Like they're, they're literally lying about federal agents. The press secretary is sitting there lying about a federal agency to try and uh, justify obstruction of justice. And it was just mind boggling. Like that sentence alone yeah. um, should boggle anybody's mind. So it's, it, it really in the long term. I think people eventually get sick of either they'll either get bored with Trump and turn on him, but it will, there is an expiration date. There's no way that this holds up forever because our country is going to get destroyed. Yeah. And uh, by him, if he, stays in power. So, I mean, like, you know, it seems to me as if the Trump fatigue should have kicked in a long time ago, given the amount of visibility that he has beyond any president. I mean, you know, I, I've been studying the presidency for the last 30 years at least. And, you know, one of the conclusions I'm drawing from this whole goddamn mess is that, you know, Donald Trump, the president should not be this visible. The president should never be in our faces this often. And one of the reasons is basic politics, because the president doesn't want to out outlive his welcome. So, but it seems like Trump is really p pushing the envelope on that front. I can't believe that the discussion of uh, Trump fatigue hasn't started yet, but you know, it's a it's a new era when none of the old rules apply anymore. And you know, along those lines, um Scott, are we in the midst of a constitutional crisis now? Uh, with Trump and the administration denying every single oversight request and subpoena? I, I'd say we were in a constitutional crisis when he was sworn in, ah, when Russia yeah. helped him win, and he yeah. knew about it, and then lied him. You know, uh, uh, that's my, like, real view. Um, mm -hmm. All jokes aside, though. But, I, I, like, I, I literally, I, I do believe that. Um, yeah. in, in regards to now, I mean, it's it's ludicrous. Um and, and and so I, I just, I don't think they understand how many whistleblowers have come forward. 
I don't think they understand how much evidence the House has mm-hmm. outside of the Mueller report. Um, I don't think they understand that more indictments are coming. Yeah. I don't. And so they live in this false world, but Manafort's in jail. You know what I mean? Yep. Like Flynn is he's going to get sentenced. I don't think he's going to face jail time. So whatever he told, um, well, obviously the parts that we saw are pretty damning. So I, I you know, it's, it's just going to get worse. Like there are 14 investigations that were farmed out from just the Mueller report alone. There are, I think, eight states that are criminally investigating. And then I think the state of New York, I'm not sure if that's criminal, it might be civil, but, um, uh, you know, these, these are all things that you can't juggle all of these. You can't make deals with everybody. You can't pay everybody off. And some of these people who are either Democrats or Republicans, they know that if they're the one, if they're the one that, you know, can, can make it stick, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that is a, that's a parade, you know, that's a parade people would be willing to, to go to. That's not sports related. Yeah. I mean, um, tell me, tell me it, about, tell me about these 14 um, investigations laid out in the Mueller report. How many of those are, um, are public? Uh, Cause I think some of them are uh, under seal, right? Mm-hmm, that's correct. And, and I believe I believe some of it involves WikiLeaks and there's they're still actively investigating whether or not Americans colluded with Russia. That's another thing we just found out. Um, so there might be something around that. And there's uh, investigation surrounding his inaugural committee uh, investigation involving his foundation. Yeah. Um, there's the investigation involving the payoffs with women. Um, and so they like it. The list goes on and on. Uh, and a lot of those things, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they might have enough evidence to, to indict him. I, obviously, in the individual one case, um, he, he can be indicted. Uh, but, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to they're going to move forward with it because, yeah. again, it's just I mean, it's it's right now. It's just the, they, they think he's above, above the law. He yeah. definitely thinks he's above the law. But like any other fad that's ever happened in American history, oh, this will never die off. This will not, mm-hmm. no. Like when, when stuff hits the fan, when we need an American president, whenever that is, and he's not there, that's when he, that's when he leaves office. But yeah. my hope is that it doesn't come to like a place where we get attacked and he's to blame because he didn't do something like where the power gets turned off in major cities. And then he's standing there like, oh, I guess we should have done something about that internet. Yeah. Like, you know, and I can see that happening. And that, again, if it's in a major city, you know, we order our stuff through Amazon. We get groceries from the grocery store. If we have no power, no fridge, no AC, no, you have the spread of disease immediately. Um, you know, in major cities, you have riots that'll happen. Um, like it can cause, it can destroy this country. And again, we don't want a president that can leave us open like this. Mm-hmm. And that that's the danger is the red light before nine 11 is blinking the same way. I think James Clapper said that yeah. same way now. And it has been since he started. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we're in true danger yeah. for real. Like and- it's not 
it's not political yeah. like talk. It's it's real. Absolutely, and he, and right in the middle of all of this, he's gutting DHS. It's ungoddamn believable. I mean, do you think Scott that he's lucid enough to realize that the presidency is the only thing protecting him from prosecution and prison? Absolutely, yeah. I think he. So here's the thing: what I've learned about, I, I just. Uh, did an interview for this uh, documentary unfit, yeah. which talks about his mental fitness. Uh, I, I think that uh, based on that, he's called a, uh, a monster it, it defined in psychiatric terms. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> they have the capability to decipher logical situations like that. Um, you know, and so he, it, you have to think of him as not an evil mastermind, but you do have to think of him as, you know, he does know what he's doing and, and he's aware of what he's doing to the level where, but he, but he enjoys it. He loves it when people are angry. He loves making people mad. Um, he loves attacking people. He loves revenge. Um, you know, and he gets off on it. And he, he really does. Like, I mean, he, he talks about it um, over the years where he's like, I never forget a name that went after me. And when you, you know, the, the time is right, when the time is right, that's when I strike. And he's, he's said that on camera before. And I, I really think if you go behind the scenes, it's more evil than you, you think. I mean, here's a good example. And this is mind blowing to a lot of people, but he doesn't write most of his tweets. And oh, that yeah, yeah. is, yeah, I, I knew you knew that. Um, they, they, they do intentional typos in group meetings where they'll actually get together and they'll plan to have a, a typo in one of his tweets. Really? Like Melanie. Let's talk about yep. that, because that I was completely unaware of that. And, of course, I, there's been massive amounts of speculation about those typos as to whether or not there's mm-hmm. some sort of uh, quizzling inside the White House who's doing it deliberately to embarrass the president, embarrass the White House, or if it's something that is somehow coming down from Trump. Like, you know, the thing I always remember, Scott, is um, Conan O'Brien played a clip of Donald Trump uh, back around the time of, of the election. And it was just to illustrate how Donald Trump is so iconoclastic and such a weirdo that he, he looks at everything in a different way. So here's the example that Conan presented. He presented a video in which what they wanted to do was show Donald Trump sitting in a chair simply pouring himself a glass of water. So Donald Trump takes the, the pitcher of water, pours it into the glass, and then takes the glass and with a, that Cheshire cat grin on his face, dumps the glass of water all over the table in a long row of water uh, running the length of the table. And then he, then he sits, you know, with his hands in that dick tent posture and then looks around at the camera crew going, now, wasn't that funny? Wasn't that hilarious? I was like, what, what are you talking about? So he's so utterly strange in his view of all of this shit. It makes entirely every bit of sense that this is the kind of administration that he would run. These are the kind of things that he enjoys watching. He enjoys watching the chaos. He enjoys taking the risk. It's what, like an adrenaline rush for him or something, isn't it? Yeah. How far can I push it? How far can I push this issue? How 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 much can I talk yeah. on Twitter? Can I cuss? Can I? And it's just he pushes the limits. But again, with a lot of that stuff, I mean, I remember with President Obama, they would run it through national security agencies before he would tweet something out. So, oh so it didn't affect the world order. You know, he would right. um, they, they would go through more than just 
whatever whatever he's doing. And I, I think I think a lot of what I've heard what I've heard is that he w- will sometimes pass post-it notes to his aide, whoever's with him. And it'll be like two words and then they'll draft a tweet and he'll, he'll be handed a piece of paper back. Um, and that'll be w- what the tweet was sent out. Um, he, he likes paper, I guess. I don't think he knows how to use a phone. Uh, I've, I once criticized him for not ever seeing him on video tweeting. Like I've always wanted to see that. Yeah. And he, he responded sort of like, I think it was like a day later mm-hmm. where he tweeted out a picture of him on his phone with his pointer finger acting like he was tweeting. And I was yeah. like, this is just so awkward. But, uh, I, I just, I don't think it feels like Don Jr. or somebody like that is mm-hmm. actually doing the tweeting for him. Um, and it seems also like the white house, um, although they have meetings about it, there's a lot of times where they are genuinely caught off guard by like what he tweets. And, and so there's gotta be, I think, well, we've got to change the rules about that and what yeah. how a president can present himself. <laughs> yes. But I mean, it really is, it's, it's a propaganda machine. Mm-hmm. And I think that people, people aren't realizing that how, how manipulated and how it's a distraction tool and how he doesn't mind being uh, embarrassed for a typo because he'd rather you talk about that than the fact that he's credibly accused by more than 21 women of sexual misconduct plus it wins him it it wins him cred with the folks it wins wins him cred with the red hats they love that he's an idiot just like they are right (laughs) that that is absolutely 100 percent true yeah they they, he he loves to play to what his crowd is i think he calls and this is him his words not mine um he calls his his followers stupid and he uh prides him in that because he's like he, he can control them like little lemmings yeah. And he knows it and he can play with his this kind of like mania that he's got going on in his head. But, you know, it may be a ping pong ball in there, but it is bouncing around. <laughs> uh, you know, he he definitely he definitely has a screw loose. But yeah. what we have to keep in mind is there's a lot of this. Most of it is intentional. Yeah. And that makes it so I think it's hard for people to comprehend that they were to have meetings to have tweets to distract from crisis, like real crisis. And it's so it's so deranged that you don't want to think about, oh, how they're testing keywords that they got from Cambridge Analytica or their new offshoot. Um, You know, they, they we don't want to assume that they're polling in regards to what, you know, can trigger people. Yeah. Like, they you know, we don't want to assume, but they're doing it. Mm-hmm. They're doing all that and they're doing things intentionally. They, they love triggering people and distracting them from something else. Now, what it, it backfires a lot of times yeah. uh, where, you know, we, we've found out a, a way to, you know, bring it to attention, but also walk and chew gum. So, you know, if it's something stupid, he says, um, a lot of times we'll be able to play off that and then use that whatever's elevated a hashtag or, or a trend and use that to present uh, examples of other things that he's done stupid, but talk about policies, mm-hmm. uh, talk about, you know, things he's done that are, are legal, uh, things like that. Yeah. 
Well, he actually, I think he thinks what he's doing now, uh, going back to what we were saying with regard to a constitutional crisis, I mean, he thinks what he's doing now is just in his own uh, political best interest. But the fact is, and, and Lawrence O'Donnell laid this out uh, in a pretty convincing argument last night, that Nancy Pelosi is allowing Trump to walk into his own propeller on all these things, allowing him to invite impeachment by continuing to... I mean, stupidly, well, well, I don't know. I mean, either he, he knows it or he doesn't know it. He's continuing to obstruct justice. I mean, his stonewalling of Congress is more and more obstruction. And it seems like, uh, at least uh, based on Lawrence's theory from last night, that he's just walking into it. He's just actually allowing himself to get uh, trapped, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, I, I've... I've uh gotten the opportunity to work with speaker for over a decade and and i can i can say you know here and there campaigns and and whatnot mm-hmm. um and it's always you know she's playing chess he's playing connect four it really is that uh you know he he is his worst enemy and and i think that a lot of this uh you know she catches a lot of flack sometimes um, for, you know, not moving on impeachment immediately, but like in the background, you see that I, I didn't actually know this until last night, that it will restrict our investigatory ability um, because it would move on to the Senate. And apparently we would not be able to do public hearings in the same way. And so there's a mix of that. And also, I think, um, you know, she's she's held off so that people can call for it. Yeah. Because if we move on it immediately, so there's a lot of layers to it, mm-hmm. um, to different things that, that she does. And, uh, but there's always rhyme or reason, and there's always a long game in there. And so I, I think with, uh, with Trump, he, <laughs> he takes the bait every time yeah. because he thinks he's smarter than her. And that's where it, you know, he goes wrong because that that's where politics and political experience and have, having experienced aides around you can map out what what she's actually trying to accomplish in regards to something she says or does. Um, and he's letting himself uh, be exactly right. Like he walks in the propeller every single time yeah. uh, and he, he thinks he wins. He, he actually thinks he wins. And he usually just, you know, eventually he figures out he has egg on his face and yeah. It's like, oh, wait, why? Like he, he thought like, he's a great example and it's simple. And this was not planned uh, at all. But uh, I remember when Speaker Pelosi was at the State of the Union and she clapped in his face. Yeah. Uh, and, and he turned around and he, he thought that it was a genuine clap. <laughs> yes. And, you know, what I mean, like <laughs> and, and that, you know, that's just. That, that's one of the best pictures I've, I've ever seen because he looks back and he's like, yeah, you're clapping for me. And then you see the picture and it's like, oh, no, no, she's not. That's not what's happening. Like, uh, you just made a, a terrible mistake there, buddy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's going to get worse in that regard because, again, it's not, uh, you know, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. And she is a, a brilliant mm-hmm. legislator. And, uh, you know, your familiarity with uh, Speaker Pelosi uh, being solid background for this question. I mean, do you think that 
she is uh, being political with her remarks about uh, impeachment, for example, like just allowing the evidence to, to lead the way toward impeachment without pushing it forward herself? Is that sort of the strategy that she's employing? Or is she absolutely earnest and genuine when she says, you know what, he's not worth it? I mean, what do you think? I, I think there's probably a mix, I would guess. Uh, you know, there's there's a... I, I think she... Uh, if you think about it like this, uh, and this is not meant to redirect from your question, but if uh, if it were her choice, I would assume that she would impeach him or remove him from office. Yeah. Um, but but she needs Republican support, and it's it, without that, it looks like a completely partisan uh, process. It, they have a way to defend it immediately, and so I think presenting we have to. As boring as it may be, we have to represent the case to the American public for impeachment, yeah. and then that leads to impeachment. And so it's not you – know, I wish it could be overnight, but the more I study it, it seems the better play here is to uh, get Republicans on board, and that, or at least some. Like you can't – can't go at this alone yeah in order, in order to, it's and in order to get them on board you can't give them reading material you have to make a show right you have to have hearings yes, you have it, to have yeah. Mueller testifying because you say well just read the Mueller report they're gonna go uh are there illustrations uh no and there's no large text either uh and that's see that seems to me as if uh that's another smart aspect of uh the speaker's approach on all of this is that yeah we got to give them a show for us right Right. And people are people are obviously outraged. And I mean, I ran the first impeachment campaign ever. And I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, I obviously a supporter of removing him from office. Mm-hmm. And and right now, even though I wanted to rush right into it, too, I realized uh, like, oh, well, you know, we can't do this if we move for impeachment. I mean, we can't do this, this and that. And, and it just uh, we don't want to be, we don't, we don't limit ourselves. And then also, I don't think that she's thinking about 2020 political considerations as in, oh, we can't impeach because it'll look bad. I, I definitely don't think that. But I, I do think that there's uh, some thoughts about, you know, like what is good for the country. I think that's the yeah. genuine sentiment there is that she actually cares and does not want to drag us through an impeachment process if there's not some kind of bipartisan move towards it. Yeah. And, I, it and otherwise, it's just it will be conveyed as a partisan process and it will seem like it. Yeah, it seems like that's something um, that, that needs to have. Absolutely. And, and obviously, I've, I've spent a lot of time talking about this and, and writing about it is that impeachment to me has to happen. There's really few other options for uh, holding Donald Trump accountable. But at the same time, there's a process that has to take place, right? Where it's not only uh, it's not only a matter of holding hearings and presenting evidence and then making a case and then having a vote uh, in committee and then a vote on the floor. It's it's more than that, right? There's a there's a public face that has to go along with this. The the other side has to know that the evidence is leading away rather than this this partisan drive to get him now and it seems to me as if while while i'm screaming get him now nancy pelosi who's on a different strata of the debate has a responsibility to do certain things along you know based on her own political instincts and it seems to me as if that's the smart way to approach it right yeah and and, and you know i don't want to think that i'm like you know i i disagree with every politician um so there's not we don't agree on everything but 
you know, I, I did not agree on the initial approach because I was like, wait, what? Like, you know, we need to, we need to do something now. Like let's, let's move on it. And then I, you know, instead of rushing, I went ahead and started talking to people about it. And I was like, huh, like, okay, that doesn't make sense if we do it this quickly and we can't do this if we do that. So, you know, and there was a lot of, I think one of the key things that you had mentioned that needs to happen before anything is Mueller testifying in front of Congress. Yeah. Um, that, that, cause seeing that and piecing that together, that's going to override a lot of propaganda about the report. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's when we actually will hear it from him. And I think what, what he says is going to be gold and that's going to be, you know, a, a, another hill for Trump to climb. But eventually, you know, I think, exposing him to be the criminal he is uh, in any way possible. And if it has to hold off impeachment for us to do that, mm-hmm. then that's then fine. That That's what needs to happen. But we need to make sure that Republicans who don't come on board seem like they're criminals because they're not moving on it. And at this point, I, I feel that way, but I don't think a lot of other people do. And we do, we need more in regards to, uh, everything. And we also need to, uh, you know, they need time to get organized for this all and weed through everything. And then there's, you know, things take time in DC. Um, so that, and that sucks. But, uh, I, I think eventually like my hope is that he'll make a deal to resign in regards to, uh, you know, getting his kids off and <laughs> himself. Uh, that, that's my hope. Yeah. He'll eventually do that and save, yeah save everybody. I would assume that the Republican party, like, you know, they flip and they'll, they'll turn on anybody. So, yeah. uh, well, of course they'll turn on Trump, but they would have to do it together and they'd have to do it swiftly and they'd have to do it in a way where, um, you know, they actually, they think about it. Cause I, I it, the people that I know in Congress that are Republicans are genuinely scared, like genuinely scared about uh, what, what are they specific? Uh, yeah. What, what specifically is scaring them? Well, they, they're scared of threats and, and also career-ending things. And I think that he probably has things on them. He, you know, he does background checks on everybody, extensive yeah, yeah. ones and extensive investigations and dangles stuff over people's head. It'd be terrible if this came out on NBC News, like that you cheated on your wife. Right. Like he says, says stuff like that all the time. Is you, wait, so do you think I, that, does that explain Lindsey Graham? Does, does the fact that Donald Trump has compromise on members of Congress, does that explain uh, why Graham did that, you know, 180 degree flip from, uh, you know, before McCain died and then after McCain died? Is that what happened? I don't know. You know, I, I will say that it's interesting. It's weird that he, you know, took that kind of line. But my guess, is that Trump promised him everything. You'll get reelected. I'm going to do everything for you. You won't have to worry about a thing. You'll get all the money you need. I'll come down there and campaign if it's right. <laughs> like I, all those promises. It's um, amazing, and, amazing know, how, that people still buy that get, from him. It's, it's, it's not that hard to get blackmail yeah. if you're it, like, you know, for, for Trump, I would assume uh, to get blackmail on somebody, you just, you know, have, have them at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> and you know, yeah. he's like, "Oh, I have this uh, video of you and this person in your room last night." Like, I can I can envision that totally happening. I mean, you know, look at Jared Kushner's dad; he did that exact thing to his sister, so his brother-in-law, where he hired a prostitute, filmed 
the act where he cheated on his wife and then sent it to his sister. Yeah. And it's like, and tried to blackmail them. And instead they went to the, the feds. Um, and he got prosecuted and went to prison, even as a billionaire. So that's how bad that was. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that the, uh, you know, there's definitely something, I'm guessing it's the promises more than anything else. But, you know, there's a lot of speculation, obviously. Um, but who knows? I mean, I've seen what I thought to be most prominent people do the most terrible things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if anybody would know about that in the Republican Party, Trump would. Yeah. So I wouldn't I would definitely not count it out. Yeah, uh, because, again, if you have something on them that's career ending, then what are you going to be willing to do in order to like he wouldn't even defend McCain. That's so weird. <laughs> like, so he, he must think that he, he must think that there's something for him yeah. or against him or both. Seems to me as if the people who know Donald Trump at least have interacted with him in some way realize that he's not capable of earning anyone's respect just on his own, based on his character or his values or his behavior or anything like that. Seems to me as if he has to force respect using uh, compromising information and so on, intimidation and whatnot, uh, threats and so on. And that sounds like it's absolutely the case. But, you know, I I wanted to mention this, too, before we uh, run out of time, that Um, And this goes back to impeachment. But do you think his most impeachable offense is failing to protect the nation against uh, uh, further Russian attacks against our sovereignty? Is that is that should that be article number one in an impeachment process? You know, it's that's an interesting point. I think um, I think that, uh, you know, it's it's either the the bribery part of the Mueller report. It's a Mm -hmm. short paragraph buried in there. And it says any kind of money that Trump makes outside of his salary is a bribe and it should be considered as a bribe and a criminal offense. Um, and so I think like something, the most obvious believable as in like, you know, it's a, it's a hard explanation, uh, in regards to Russia. So if we talk about the obstruction part first or the bribery part first, that might be, better, but I'm not sure if the order order would matter. But I, I think that that is, you know, you have a money trail there that's yeah. uh, definite um, with the, obviously, I, I consider him to be a traitor to this country, the biggest traitor in the history of the country. Um, you cannot, you, like, just let alone, like, I remember when I stubbed my toe, it was a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. And Every time, every time I get injured, like I got a crown on Monday, and then we started the Republicans for impeachment campaign. It was always working in tandem with injury. Oh um, God, that's so, so crazy. I stubbed my toe, and that's when Treason Summit came out. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to do it. And they're like, okay, whatever. Like, and then it was trending worldwide, and a million people had tweeted it uh, the next day, wow. uh, all day. And they started talking about treason. And like, is this treason? Da, 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 da. And I'll tell you what, yeah, that was treason. So was bringing the Russians into the White House and giving them intel about the Israeli undercover agents or whatever that was. Um, and, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And it's all for money. And that's what's sick about it. Like, it's not even, it's about money and, you know, trying to win again. And we're going to be okay with that. Yeah. You know, that's treason. He redefined treason. Because this is a... Uh, the cyber war is a war. Mm-hmm. And so I consider that, uh, and there are other measures that they've taken where they hacked into our, uh, electrical grids, um, and, and other things that have been reported 
And it's, uh, man, I think it's just going to get, everything is going to get worse. Yeah. And again, I think we'll get to a tipping point, uh, as Malcolm Gladwell will say, uh, where we finally reach a point of like, all right, enough. Like, are you yeah. serious, dude? Like, are you tweeting still? What are you doing? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think one of the ways to do that is to keep uncovering crimes and prosecuting those around him. Yeah. And eventually he won't have people around him to mm-hmm. protect him. Um, and I think that's, you know, when we see people testify, I think people, uh, one thing to keep in mind um, also is that these investigations could potentially be, might as well be impeachment investigations mm-hmm. because right. the offenses that they're investigating all lead to impeachment. So we could consider it, you know, kind of a impeachment investigations are already going on without the word impeachment, which would be a stroke of brilliance because then Trump can't say they're trying to impeach me. Well, he's going to say that anyways, but he can't say it with uh, as much credit. So, I mean, you know, I think I, it, the road is long. We've made it this far. We're going to be all right, mm-hmm. but it's going to take everybody standing up and being louder than we ever have before. We've practiced this you know, for three years now. So now is the time to put everything feet on the ground. Everybody votes, everybody fights, everybody mm-hmm. gets as loud as they possibly can and speaks out, take the time off work and volunteer at the local democratic parties, take a, a lunch break and make phone calls to Republicans in your state, uh, state reps, state senators, and ask them to support impeachment publicly uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of these different things that, you know, again, we've had a lot of practice over the years uh, to get this right. So now, you know, it's up to us to uh, re- relitigate everything and represent everything in the Mueller report and make sure that we keep on pounding at home, mm-hmm. presenting new information. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do my part in trying to push for impeachment still. But uh, my goal now is is to give Republicans a platform to be able to speak out and have support from fellow Americans. Uh, and so we're going to focus on Republicans for impeachment right. for now. But I, it, it, really is a, it really is a great uh, opportunity for us to unite. Mm. Sadly, it's against him. But uh, I think we're going to see things change in the coming months, and especially once people learn about uh, impeachment more and how that could restrict us from doing some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just, you know, I, I, I will, I will continue to push as far as I possibly can, Thank God. uh, in regards to getting him out of office and we will continue our investigations internally to the coalition. Mm-hmm. We will continue to track his movements when he's on the golf course getting him on video wherever we can uh, and, and also digging up old stuff to remind people who he is and uh, fighting his fake news and propaganda at a constant. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're in a good spot. Yeah. It's just terrible that he's destroying the country slowly. So, you know, I hope that we, uh, I, I, I know that people in DC are that, that are Democrats are trying to do everything that they can Um but, you know, I, I know I know we can do more. We can do better. Yeah. We can be stronger. We can be more united and we can be louder. Um, and I think it's just a, a matter of time. Um, you know, we're going to need we'll, we'll be organizing uh, marches again. 
we'll be, uh, you know, hitting doors for 2019. Uh, and then we'll be working on trying to win back the Senate, mm-hmm. uh, and keeping the house. And then obviously I won't be working on, uh, any of the presidential campaigns at all. Uh, I'm writing a book series about, uh, each candidate. And so, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be presenting this information so people can be as educated as possible, other policy, policies where they stand, uh, and, and whatnot. And I, I think, you know, at the end of all this, this is one of the best, worst things that's happened to America before Trump in general. Uh, it exposed a lot of our wounds that were buried. Yeah. Uh, and I think it helped expose pe- people who for, for, for who they really are, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's uh, that's I think it's in the long run. That's really good for us. Right, and I right. think uh, also if this didn't happen, we would never have protected ourselves or learned about oh my God, like the internet can affect my real life. Eventually this would have happened. Mm-hmm. So it happened. It's there. Now we need to, we need to continue to fight. Yeah. That's the bottom line. So how can people support the democratic coalition, Scott? You can go to democraticcoalition.org. Uh, you can check out any of our action landing pages there. Um, uh, obviously you can help fund our research efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do digital ads and, uh, obviously have the best online organizing uh, in the country, and I think in the world probably, because we have 104 hashtags that have trended in two years, and, uh, you know, obviously a massive network where we can move, we can move a lot of people to, to go from online to in person, and I think that's obviously essential. So we can keep on doing that. So, uh, you know, if you want to join us, it's uh, at the Dem Coalition, on Twitter, and uh, I'm at Funder, F-U-N-D-E-R, on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, join us, you know. Perfect. Uh, we, have, uh, we have, I think, 500,000 members now, and so we're, uh, we're inching towards that million. Eventually, we'll get there. <laughs> Sounds great. Scott, <laughs> it was uh, an extreme pleasure to have you on today. I can't wait to get you back on again so we can continue to cover uh, this ongoing crisis with you. And uh, good luck with everything, and thank you for all of the incredibly hard work that you're doing it is so important and i think history is going to remember uh your footprint in all of this thank you i really appreciate it and i appreciate all the work you do and i'm a big fan of your show and everything you do and i uh thanks for taking the time i'm happy to come back on anytime absolutely my pleasure we'll talk to you again soon scott sounds good bye-bye bye-bye